to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. Walking through depression and anxiety, um, I was blessed with people who walked beside me, counselors, friends, sisters in Christ. And I got to learn about myself, how God made me, and what my needs were, and to not um, put those aside. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us this week. I am so glad that you are here. Now, moms, have you heard about By the Brook 2024 this year? We are going to be live and in person on June 21st and 22nd here in Cookville, Tennessee. And we want you to join us for this amazing event that we are planning just for you. Tickets are going to go on sale on February 1st and we will have an early bird rate that will be available then. We are expecting to sell out this year. So if you are hoping to be there, you're going to want to be ready to get your ticket when they go on sale on the morning of February 1st. You can find out more information on the Rising Above website and all of the information will be on our social media platforms as well. So be sure to save the date and be sure to get ready to purchase your ticket on February 1st so that you can be with us for By the Brook 2024 and join with other moms from all across the country who are raising their children with disabilities for an amazing weekend of fun and hope and encouragement. Today, I am joined by Samantha Jones of Benevolence United, and their mission is to empower church communities to incorporate and support families with disabilities. Samantha believes that every person is made in the image of God, that they are valuable and necessary. She is passionate about connecting others to our relationship with Christ and discipleship. Samantha and her husband, David, have a blended family with three children, Courtney, Vanessa, and Drake, and two grandchildren, Carson and Oliver. So here's my conversation with Samantha Jones. Hey, Samantha, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. This is the first time we've met, and so I'm excited to get to know more about you. Hi, Becky. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate um, the time today to to just share uh, my ministry and my testimony. Um, It's an honor, so thank you so much. Well, I am excited to get to know more about you. So to start us off, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, and a little bit about your family. So my name is Samantha Jones, and I have a wonderful family of five. Um, We're a blended family. Uh, My husband is a full-time career firefighter and EMS, and uh, I have three beautiful, newly adulting children. Um, Mm -hmm. My oldest is Courtney. She's 25. um, And my other two, uh, Vanessa and Drake, they're 23. No, they're not twins. We are a blended family. I always get that question. Gotcha. I, was, I know. So I kind of stopped. They're like, oh, okay, you got twins. Got it. Blended family. Yeah. Yes. And um, in our family, and I did get their permission to share, uh, we do have disabilities that run through our family. Um, some are generational. Some are just specific to um, each person. And so I'll start with me. I have um, some mental conditions. Um, I have walked through depression and have had high-functioning anxiety. Um, uh, My oldest, when she was born, um, she was born with um, some physical disabilities. And 
when she was in elementary school, diagnosed with uh, Asperger's and some other uh, diagnoses. And then in her teenage years was diagnosed with some different conditions. So um, she is a testimony because the doctor said when she was born that she would have very limited physical conditions. But Mm. now she is a martial arts uh, instructor and she has just proved them all wrong um, Mm. and has just grown and you can't tell her she can't do anything. So (laughs) I love that about her. Um, My other daughter, she, at the age of four, was diagnosed with some um, cognitive and some mental disorders and um, in her teenage years and some learning disorders that I, as a parent, was like, how did I not know that? Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, so we've walked through, each one of us have walked through different um, blending opportunities in our lives and um, just just enjoying um, what God's given us in our family. Yeah. So you live it firsthand. You know, you've got the background yourself personally and then with with some of your kids. And, you know, I I know I read from your notes, you, you know, you're in ministry now, which we're going to unpack throughout this conversation, but you had a heart for ministry starting from a very, very young age. And so tell us about that and about kind of how as a young child, God was already pulling your your heart towards helping and serving others? Well, my parents were a great example of service. Um, And they included my sister and I, uh, I have one sibling, and they included us in all of what they served in in, in church and then encouraged us to um, find how God created us and how we can best use our gifts and talents. And so um, I say my service and, and, and heart for ministry started at seven. My dad drove the bus for bus ministry. And um, for those who don't know what bus ministry is, um, in the community, um, there they seek out people who need transportation to church. Um, and they go into mainly um, the areas that no one else will go into and invite and go that extra step and inc- to incorporate um, individuals that want to come to church, um, but might not have the means. And so that looks like, um, that looks like little kids whose parents are just tired and they want to send their kids to church, but, but can't, that looks like, um, individuals, um, individuals with disabilities, their families, um, they can't come to church. And so actually I met my best friend on the church bus. Uh, her brother has muscular dystrophy and her parents for medically fragile reasons could not come to church with him. And so her and her sister came, uh, on our church bus. And so, um, so from, from seven and on, I just, um, that kind of just instilled that, um, inclusion and, and the, um, just that family feeling of like, let's invite everyone and let's get everyone mm. on, um, in our church family. On the bus. Yeah, on the bus, exactly. <laughs> on the bus. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I love that, that, I mean, I think we as parents forget sometimes that the lifelong impact um, that our decisions make, you know, your dad could have just gone into ministry and not included you in that, but he included you in that. And so now you are serving and loving others. And so, you know, you now work, in a ministry that helps families like ours, families who are living with disabilities. So when did that shift happen to wanting to love and serve people living with disabilities? So girl, like I mentioned at seven, I started in ministry and um, in college, I, I 
joined the bus ministry at my college. I went to Tennessee Temple University. And um, from there, God just called me uh, to serve in many different ministries uh, as ministry leaders, as children's, teens. I think I was a small group leader at some point. Um, and I've worked in inside of church, as a leadership, whether it's volunteer or paid staff role for over 20 years. And um, inclusion looked different in each church role that I had based off the church that I was going to or the people that God had brought. Um, but there was no real intentionality to go out uh, as an adult, to go out and incorporate individuals with disability. Of course, my family, right? Right. <laughs> um, right. But, um, you know, w- uh, my belief was, you know, whoever God brought to the ministry, we needed to serve and to the best of our abilities. And so um, we had done that. Um, when it became very intentional and apparent that there was a need was when I was preschool director um, at a church in Northern Virginia here. And um, we had some families with some some very um, specific and unique um, needs. And, um, the, and we just, we weren't able to meet them where they were at. Mm-hmm. And that just really pierced my heart. And I remember praying specifically, I would pray over my classrooms and I was praying in the preschool room, four and five-year-old room. And, and I asked God, I said, okay, God, I said, um, you know, we really, really need to um, meet uh, their needs so that they can experience church just like everybody else. And, um, and God said, I'm going to show you, distinctly said, I'm going to show you how to start a ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thinking in my mind, like, okay, God, you know how we talk back sometimes, like uh, I'm right. already running a ministry. I've done right. children's and teens. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> but in humility said, okay, God, let's uh, whatever you do. And uh, the Holy Spirit's moving. We brought a team together and started an inclusion ministry within that church. And that grew um, significantly. And what it pierced my heart at that time was, is we had families coming from three hours away. Just experience wow. church and mm-hmm. be part of a church family one day a week, and and that's to me is just it's not okay. Like the church yeah. should be the standard of inclusion, mm-hmm. and so um, out of that, you know, we decided to um, move forward with the with the mission with Benevolence United, and yeah. um, so that families um, with disabilities could access church in their community mm-hmm. as they chose, as God led, um, without having to do extra. Right. Three-hour drives. Right. Or, you know, yeah. And people don't realize it. I think so often people take for granted, people outside of the disability space take it for granted, uh, just the ease that they have of going to church. We're so often for our families, it's challenging to find a place for us to fit in and belong. And so often our families feel like they're not seen, you know, that they're not, they're overlooked. They're not seen. Did your family ever personally experience that feeling of not being seen in the church setting? I think our family being, um, having the spot of being a a church leader's kiddos. um, Um, Yeah. They are definitely seen. Um, However, when we talk about being understood in that mm, sense, yeah. it was about their teenage years when they really felt that they didn't connect. Um, they felt a disconnect and they felt that they were not understood and not seen. And, you know, as a parent, you're like, what can I do? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as a church leader, like, how can we, how can we fix this? Right. Um, but ultimately it's, um, you know, it's their journey and you can't, 
you, you can't uh, force anything um, and you have to walk alongside them and you have to walk alongside their leaders and go through that hard journey and process um, of building a relationship and, mm-hmm. and, um, and having them feel like they're seen and heard. And, um, and I, I would say that now they're still walking through their journey of, of finding a place where they, they belong mm-hmm. um, at church. Um, but, you know, it's not over. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's it's hard. It's hard for a lot for just in general sometimes it, mm-hmm. just to find our spot and find our place. Um, but that's one of the things that you are trying to do through your ministry, um, Benevolence United. So tell us about what you do, kind of what it looks like, and we you know we know it got a, got started from some of your own experiences when you were leading in church, and so. What are you doing? Kind of what is your mission? What is it you hope to accomplish through your work at Benevolence United? So our, our mission specifically is to empower churches to incorporate and support individuals with disabilities and their families. And so what that looks like is helping the church family, the specific church family, because every church family looks different, right? We meet them where they're at and we help them take their next steps. We empower them through resources. Um, We want to take away um, any, that invisible wall that is holding um, families from disabilities uh, to be able to access um, a church family, to be able to access the gospel, to be able to access um, what everyone else um, has the freedom of religion, right? In in America to have. And um, we want there to be no excuses. Um, for inclusion and inclusive culture to be uh, the standard of church. So like, what are some of the resources? You mentioned resources. What what does that look like? So we have specific uh, trainings. We have consultants um, that will walk alongside churches um, for- Is this just in your area or is this outside? Is anywhere in the U.S.? Or So just we have to your... start somewhere, right? So we right. actually started in Northern Virginia and right. we- are, are still focused, our, our main focus is still Virginia. However, I say that and God always has different plans, right? right. Um, and so we, we have worked with churches throughout the nation. Um, and we actually start, we partnered with a um, nonprofit in Kenya this last um, mm. year. So mm-hmm. whatever God brings to us, um, we say, okay, God, we know you're whatever you bring to us, you're going to resource us with. So we uh, we just want to bless others with what you've blessed us with. Um, and with resources, we have been able to attain funding for churches to have um, sensory rooms. Um, oh, wow! We have um, had we have trainings um, for every step of the way for um, from professionals that walk alongside church leaders and have a passion for. Um, sharing the gospel for mm-hmm. all those that learn, however they learn, um, sped teachers, OTs, PTs, psychologists, um, to really fully um, become an inclusive culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so often it's just, you know, churches have the heart. It's not that they don't want to love and serve our families. They just don't know where to begin so often. And so breaking down those walls and breaking down those barriers and giving them ideas and suggestions you know, is always such such a beautiful way to include our families. And, you know, I'm sure you have some stories about how families have been impacted by your work 
with Benevolence United. So share with us some of the success stories or some of the things that have come out of some of the work that you have done. Oh, man. Um, There are so many to choose from. One is not more significant than the other. But what comes to mind um, is the, one of the first churches that we worked with, uh, there was a family and they had a kiddo that was unable to attend public school for their entire elementary um, due to a disability behavior and, and, and. Um, and this family felt isolated and this family, especially uh, their kiddo, um, felt very isolated. And at um, the age of 10, contemplated suicide because mm-hmm. they, there was no friends. There was no, um, you know, there was just hard, hard days. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, through, um, their local church, um, and the awesome parents that this kiddo had, um, they, uh, the ministry there, um, just really formed a relationship with the family and said, we want you here. And, created, started to create a universal design of what church looks like. And um, he was able to have his first friend at the age of 11 at church and was able to go out with some of his friends um, that, you know, right soon after that. And through the uh, social connections and the repetitiveness of um, of Sunday and, and uh, going to church, um, this kiddo was able to re-enter school um, through that. So not only did they help him spiritually, but they also helped him and his family um, to grow some some social and to be able to use that social. And what a safe space too to be able right. to do that um, because when behaviors happened, you know, unexpected mm-hmm. behaviors, he said, "We love you." You know, right. today's not a good day but we want to mm-hmm. see you next week, you yeah. know, and how can we work with you mm-hmm. um, to, and how we can work together to make this a successful relationship. Um, and truly that's, is the heart of what mm-hmm. um, co- comes behind all of what the churches are doing. But in this specific instance, um, this kiddo decided that he wanted to accept Christ as savior. Wow. And not only that, he uh, t- chose to get baptized and invited his friends at school to come. So he was a testimony to his new friends at school and said, Hey guys, you got to come here. And then once he, once that happened, he, um, he said, I want to have a small group at my house and, (laughs) and, and was just, and God just used him and his family just to be, um, a light to whoever that he was able Mm -hmm. to be, um, you know, um, God placed him and in school and at church and wherever. And it was just a beautiful testimony that there's nothing that separates us from the love of God. And, and everyone is created with a purpose and can, you know, um, accept Jesus as Christ and Mm -hmm. can disciple others, you know? So, um, so just that, just that testimony of going from complete, um, depression, isolation to, you know, a complete 360 is just, it was mm-hmm. just amazing. I mean, there's families that we've had that um, they haven't been able to access church for nine years until a ministry had happened. Um, and they, the church became intentional. And um, 
you know, and, and so forth. So uh, just so many different stories and different disabilities, different, mm-hmm. um, you know, different family situations, small churches, large churches, because um, we work from the average size church was about 200 to mega churches, which is mm-hmm. 2000 or more um, members. So it doesn't matter the size of the church. Um, and, and each one has a unique story. And I just love being able to be a part of that in a small way. Are you a mom or female caregiver raising an individual with special needs? We'd love to invite you to our yearly event created just for you called By the Brook. In 2024, you can join us live in Cookville, Tennessee, or from wherever you are around the world for a weekend of encouragement, respite, and time together with other moms who get it. Join us on June 21st through 22nd, 2024. Each one has a unique story, and I just love being able to be a part of that in a small way. It's amazing, you know, just when someone feels accepted, when someone feels seen and loved, just the ripple effect of that, you know, it's so often it, when our families don't feel seen and loved, then, you know, there's, there's so many hard things that come out of that. But just hearing of this young man and where he felt seen and loved and valued then how that played out, not only for him, but other people in his story. And so, so important. Um, I read on your website that you, it, your quote was, I realized that inclusion is often assumed, but not attained. So what did you mean by that? That a cl- inclusion is often assumed, but not attained. So there was a trend, and I want to say about a decade ago, that uh, churches started putting out on their boards or creating signs that said, you belong here. You mm-hmm. well, you, everyone's welcome here. Right. And in all intentionality, they meant that, but with a lack of understanding that you mean everyone who you understand, everyone who fits into your way of doing things, mm-hmm. your way of learning, your way of, you know, of that. And it's an unintentional unawareness, right? I don't, I don't know what I don't know. Um, but I know that I have a heart for others. And so I'm just going to say, Hey, yes, you're welcome here. Come here, come here. But not realize that there's invisible barriers keeping, um, people in the, in the community from coming. And, um, and so that's what, you know, that's what we talk about with unintentional mm-hmm. unawareness. Um, yeah. You just assume that you're welcoming, but but without realizing that no, you know, I, I know we've been to places where it's not even accessible. Yeah. My son's in a wheelchair, and it's like, okay, well, that's great, but we can't even get in the door, you know, or d- different, you know, or not, or having things in the way where a wheelchair can't get through, you know, things that people just—if you don't live it, you don't get it, and you know, exactly. you can't understand uh, how challenging that can be. So, how do we go about, you know, changing the culture? Um, as you say on your website, from unintentional unawareness to starting the journey of inclusion. What are ways that we can do to go about changing and, and helping people be more including and loving towards our families? So there's no cookie cutter answer to that because everyone right. has their own journey. Every church has their own journey. However, there are some some great places, great questions to ask. So the first thing I would say was to take a moment and to look at your entire community footprint, the, the community that God has placed you in to reach. 
um, take a look at that entire community and consider the invisible people in our daily lives. And I'm talking to church leaders. I'm talking to people in the church. What, um, who in your community do you not see? Um, who's there and, and you don't, um, you don't consider them or subtly overlook them. And then once you've, you know, become aware of, of those individuals, um, ask the question, what changes do I need to make to truly see and engage them? Um, and then once you've, you, I mean, you, you have a specific, and every individual has a specific understanding of how to reach people. And so we can't do it alone. Right. So we can, I can only go to my full knowledge and understanding. Um, so once you've gone to your full knowledge and understanding in that question, seek others to help you further grow and, um, and have that, and have that opportunity to really reach your entire community. Yeah. Well, well you shared the story about the young man who, you know, came in and how life-changing it was for him. So where have you have you seen churches change the culture like as you're like you're talking about? Um, so we can see some maybe some specific ways that churches can be more welcoming and inviting for our families. I'm gonna I'm gonna start out with one of the things that we work with churches for. We work with uh, churches to um, create an assessment of accessibility, and this assessment of accessibility goes over the building, your programs, and your people, and fully to give a, a, a church leadership who, who makes the changes, right, um, awareness of their starting point. And from there, they can create strategic plans, either with us or on their own, um, to become more inclusive, to create a more inclusive culture. Um, and I've seen churches do that by what you mentioned before, um, incorporating ramps <laughs> so that they right. have access to right. get in the front door. Right. Um uh, universal design in teaching, um, whole brain learning. Uh, I know that sun- most of Sunday school teachers are not, um, their full-time job isn't to teach in, you know, um, be a professional teacher. And so um, they've taken trainings and been, a- been empowered to utilize their curriculums to teach in a way that everyone can take something away with it. Um We've seen churches create uh, specific spaces for um, individuals to um, have a place where they can regulate. Um, we have, um, I was going to say, we've seen so many different opportunities um, with leadership um, taking um, risk management training, like therapeutic options, mm-hmm. so that everyone is safe. Um, and to know how to incorporate individuals that might have unexpected behaviors and to keep them safe and to keep those um, around everyone safe. Um, and so there's just so many different opportunities because change is slow. It's a slow process um, and it's methodical. Um, there's always a place to go with your growth. Um, and mm-hmm. so just really wherever um, the, a specific church is at, um, taking that next step, um, whether it's in the building, whether it's changing their program, whether it's creating awareness within people or connections within people. Um, we've seen respites happen because, um, you know, parents need a break period. (laughs) Um, and, um, I've even seen, it was such a blessing to see too. Uh, there's a single mom that had two kiddos 
with some very specific needs. And one of the specific needs was having, um, having a couch and just their, their specific small group went together and and got them a couch. Um, just meeting that tangible need, um, didn't have anything to do with church, didn't have anything to do with, um, you know, um, having them come on a Sunday. It was just, we're family and you have a need. And so we're, we're going to be family and do that. So beautiful. And that's what we're supposed to do to, to um, love and serve. And, and not, like you said, not only um, like welcoming ways in church, but those tangible ways that um, are so needed. And, you know, I think a lot of times churches are out there and they're like, we want to do this. We have the heart for it, but we don't even know where to start. So what would you say um, to to maybe if there's a church leader listening who's looking, trying to figure out where do we even begin? What would you say? Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind is obviously call me. This is what we okay. do. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. <laughs> but in the overarching uh, idea yeah. is um, call someone to do this with. Call, uh, mm. That's kind of one of the first things we do, right, as um as individuals is I need to seek out somebody who knows I need to seek out somebody who's been there. I need to seek out experts who can walk with me through this so that I can make the best choices for myself and the best choices for those that I'm leading. Um, and so get connected, get connected with, um, those that will help that will walk alongside you, um, that will pray with you, that will, um, that are great mentors. And so when you get to that, and when you get to that point of a great mentor, um, you, to be a great mentor, you do that as, um, pass that along as well. But, um, yes, everyone starts somewhere (laughs) and there's no wrong place to start. Um, so, uh, just don't do it alone. Mm -hmm. So good. And, you know, we used to say, uh, when we did church trainings in the past, um, you know, if you, we would tell churches, look, if you have one family in your church who has a child with a disability, you have a special needs ministry, whether you're doing something about it or not. You know, exactly. there are needs there in your church. And so often we found, you know, if you have to have a champion, you have to have somebody who's going to take the ministry and say, I am going to champion this and see it through. Um, it, it takes someone with a really, a, a true heart for wanting to see just, you know, even beyond that Sunday morning service, like how can we do things like buying a couch for a family in need or coming and helping, you know, I'm a a single parent, solo parent, and, you know, I have light bulbs and things that need to be changed. And it's like things people don't even think about, but it's like, you know, finding those needs to come alongside and help our families. It's such a blessing. And, you know, I know that you have talked with parents as well who maybe have been hurt or burned for different church experiences, and maybe they're hesitant to try again. And so what would you say to a parent maybe who um, has had that experience that didn't go so great and are maybe kind of like, I just don't know about this anymore. What would you say to them? First, I would say, I am so sorry that you had to experience that. Um, And um, please don't misinterpret God's character for that one time or um, couple of times of man's character where as humans, leaders and church leaders fail. Um, 
God's character is that he loves you fully, that you are valuable, that you are needed within the church body. And don't, please don't let anyone make you feel or make you believe that you are not needed or that you are not understood. God understands you and he made you with purpose. So, um, so in that I would, um, I would definitely offer them, you know, prayer and a place of healing if they need to find a place of healing. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, let's let's walk together to help you find that place God has you has for you, um, because God has called each one of us specifically to come together in a community or different communities at times to um, to edify each other, and um, and we want you there. So, and so if if a church or a family is wanting to know more about you. You have a website and people yes. can contact you there and we'll mm-hmm. include that in the show notes. Is that is that the best way to contact you is through your website? Uh, yes, uh, you can contact me through email as well, Samantha at BenevolenceUnited.org. Um, those are the two best ways. And so we ask all our guests at the end of the show to share with us ways that you rise above your circumstances and find joy in your story. Ooh, that's a good question. Um I would say the first thing I do to rise above is to kneel and pray. Um, whenever there is something that is weighing on me, um, don't ignore it. <laughs> um, bring it to light, give it the light of God, um, and let him, um, restore. Um, I would say, um, that I don't do life alone. Um, walking through depression and anxiety, um, I was blessed with people who walked beside me, counselors, friends, sisters in Christ, um, who, and I, I got to learn about myself, how God made me, um, and what my needs were and to not, um, put those aside, you know, cause as, as parents with, um, kids that need extra, um, extra time, extra resources, whatever that might be, um, or even spouses. Um, it's so easy to, you know, put our needs aside and just keep trudging through. Um, but that's not how God created us. <laughs> so um, to take time, uh, time with God, time for myself, um, to just be aware of where I'm at and what my needs are. And um, to do my best to meet those or to reach out to get those met um, and to count my blessings every day. Mm, That is gratitude. Yes, that's a practice that does not come automatic, uh, but it has been something that I have um, made it into a daily practice. Um, Even if it's just, thank you, God, that I can breathe today. You know, just that switching my mindset of, Mm -hmm. um, oh, this is overwhelming too. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be. Could not agree more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, gratitude (laughs) gratitude is the great game changer. I mean, it just totally helps shift the narrative and I could not agree more. So, Samantha, thank you so much for your time and for all the work that you do. And um, I look forward to, actually, we'll get to meet here soon at a conference that we're both going to be attending. So, 
I will look forward to meeting you in person then. But I just thank you for your time and all that you do. Oh, thank you so much, Becky. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.